0: Good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 308, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. Before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, or if you just want to look at our trophy list to make sure that we're real people, not AI talking to you, um, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw one zero one. And if you're watching on YouTube, we have our respective PSNs right below our faces. And as a reminder, you can write us at PS. is awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure to leave comments, rate this podcast as you see fit. We do have some very dedicated uh, viewers that always give us a like on YouTube. So thank you for doing that. Please continue to do that. Get us in the algorithm. If you don't do that, it takes a simple uh, quick, quick second. If you jump on YouTube, give us a little thumbs up. That helps. Thank you. That's cool of you. And we are a video podcast, so you can watch our show on YouTube if you want. So you can subscribe to us over there. And for new and long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show at a $1 level. The Patreon tier is called The One and Only $1 club. You can go to patreon.com/ps this is awesome and you can become a $1 patron of our show and we will mail you a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail and give you a shout out as well. And with that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing? We're recording this the day after Christmas.
1: Uh I mm, That's a tough. It's a complicated answer because I The last couple years, I basically have been kind of imploding physically, like the day after Christmas. Just, I have so much shit going on, going up, leading up to Christmas, that usually the day after, I just, I end up getting sick or whatever, Mm. and uh, today, not really a huge exception. I didn't even get out of bed till... Gosh, it was almost 11 o'clock by the time I got oh, out of no. bed, which is really uncharacteristic of me. I just – I didn't feel good mm-hmm. and um, – but that's – I mean the same thing happened last year and the year before that. It's just I right. I get so busy. It kind of sucks. Like Christmas – I've always historically liked Christmas, but it sucks because it seems like everything is so fast-paced now the christmas like when i feel like christmas used to be a season mm. where it was like you constantly were absorbing everything and in the spirit and all this kind of stuff mm. and now it seems like for me personally christmas boils down to 3 days that's the day we put up the tree christmas day itself and then usually we'll have one more day where we will have like spend christmas with sarah's family Mm -hmm. um or my family or vice versa there's usually like two celebration days and everything in between i don't think about it at all tree never gets plugged in it's just standing there it's like i'm just uh, too busy got too much stuff going on and uh i wish that it could slow down a little bit like it used to um so nine times out of ten like the last couple years i've found that Part of I think part of it is just because I I end up crashing and getting kind of sick from um just working so hard at the end of the year but I find that like I end up getting depressed after Christmas mm. because it was like it happened and then like like I I don't know it just comes and goes so fast anymore it seems like and uh, you don't really get a chance to To kind of take it in. Now, we did have a really awesome day yesterday. Spent the whole day with family. Got to um, exchange presents, which is obviously cool. And uh, got to see my nephew. And that was really awesome. And so I was really, really happy with Christmas Day. Uh, But uh, the next week or so is just going to be probably recovery for me more than anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad you had a nice Christmas. I, I hope that our listeners did too as well. And uh, it, you're right. Things do seem to not slow down to the capacity that I remember them as a child or as a youth. And uh, it's weird. It's an interesting thing that the passing of time. I had a really surreal experience today, uh, which is why I couldn't record till later. Uh, my old friend. Uh, you would have been you would have seen him at my wedding justin uh was in town. he lives out in l a He was in town in Pittsburgh for christmas i haven't seen him since two thousand and fourteen. uh Justin and I went to college together we don't even frequently keep in touch like we ought to, both admittedly don't keep in touch, and he got a hold of me a couple of days ago, and he said, "Hey, man, I kind of want to cut loose." The day after Christmas, I'd love to come down and visit, catch up. And I'm thinking, ah, I don't know, man, COVID's on the rise here. If sickness is on the rise, I don't want to get anything, but I would love to see you. So I kinda of gave him the lay of the land, told him that, you know, uh, my brother has COVID right now, I think. I don't know if he does, uh, but they are sick. And one of Chelsea's friends is sick with COVID. And uh somebody that I work with has been in the ER from sickness and it's just like wow like stuff is really well you get this time of year everybody gets together it's holidays family you know and stuff just spreads so this is the first stretch i've had in 13 years where i've had this many days off in a row and i'm thinking i don't want to i don't want to jeopardize that and get myself sick by hanging out with him but like at the same time man i would love to catch up so we rolled the dice he feels fine i feel fine he showed up And we went through our old stomping grounds of Edinburgh College, which is where we met. And, dude, it was weird because, like, we were were misremembering or remembering things. He would remember things about situations we experienced together that I had no remembrance of and vice versa. So, like, I was like, dude, I don't even remember ever being in your dorm room. And then we found where his old dorm hall was. And, like, in the moment, like, Edinburgh was actively, like, demolishing like the the dorm room he went to school in. And I was like, well, there it goes, man. There's your past. Gone. You know, they're they're <laughs> wrecking it as we walk through campus. And I was like, wow, this is so, so strange. And uh the time is weird. And and we misremember things, but then sometimes we we only remember certain things. And it got me thinking, like I wonder I wonder how many people have memories that include me. That I don't remember at all, and that and that's really an interesting thought. You know what I mean? Existing in someone else's mind permanently as a memory, but having no recollection of that thing happening. And uh, he was he was talking about some stuff that I I just didn't remember any of it, and I was like, Are you sure? He goes, oh, yeah, I swear this happened. I was like, oh, my God, I don't remember this at all. And then you start worrying, like, man, maybe this is, like, maybe I'm just forgetting things. And then Hmm. as you go through your days, it's got me thinking, like, how much of what we do do we even remember? Like, I have a hard time remembering what I've done last week, specifically. It's all just glazed over, right? And it's just, I don't know, man. And, And to your point about Christmas feeling more like, more like a vacation time period where everything slows down you can recharge dude I, and that's how i think it was but like it could just be perspective it could just be that we're adults now and now we have all these responsibilities and when we were younger we were kids we didn't have to worry about these things you know things did slow down school was out
1: you know if i don't know it's I, weird i i feel like part of it is just how how uh like i have nothing against um i'm my brain is not functioning very well today uh i have nothing against the way that like things are marketed and the way that but stuff is so commercialized nowadays mm. that I feel like what's happened is that Christmas used to be it didn't used to the season didn't used to start until after Thanksgiving. It was like after Thanksgiving, Christmas decorations would start coming out in stores, you'd start hearing Christmas music, things like that. And it would it would kind of carry for a few weeks into the holiday right. and then it would quit right after that. Well, I feel like what's happened now is that just, like, consumerism is so rampant and things are just so, like, things are so fast-paced now. And the fact that Christmas now starts at Halloween, like, they, like, we've talked about this on the podcast before about how Mm -hmm. basically stores just fucking ignore Thanksgiving now and they just start Christmas right after Halloween. Oh, it's instant, yeah. And – so it's like, I think what happens now is that because everything's so fast paced, everybody's attention is drawn in a million different directions. Not to, whenever they start putting Christmas shit out at Halloween, it's like we're just jaded to the point of the fact that it's like, it just gets shoved out of our brains. Like, it's not something to be excited about anymore because right. it's just there all the time. And then, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of like, think about like, uh, I, you could kind of put this in perspective with something like, I know you don't want, you don't you're not really a Star Wars fan, but when they announced the new Star Wars movie, episode seven, it was like a big deal. Everybody was super excited and it was like an event, but then it's like. Right after that, it was like now there's like three Star Wars movies and fifteen Star Wars shows and all this stuff. The novelty, and constantly shoving right. this shit down your throat. And now it's like to the point where every time they announce, so I was a huge Star Wars fan, and now every time they announce something, I'm just like, ah, it's like water off a duck. Like I don't even think about it. I don't. They even did it with care. the Marvel movies into too. It. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with the Marvel movies and stuff. So I feel like part of part of it is just. Uh, you know the the rampant commercialization of everything and has just sort of ruined the spirit of Christmas because everybody's just so overexposed to the holiday now. Right. And uh, I don't know. And that on top of that, it's it's like I, I I don't know. I guess this is just more for me personally is that I'm just so busy mm. for the 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 two or three months leading up to Christmas Mm -hmm. that I don't even have time to think about it. Like Sarah and I put the tree up and then we put the tree up, uh, I think it was a week, like two weeks before Christmas we put the tree up. And then outside of that night, I don't think we turned the the lights on the tree on until literally fucking Christmas Eve. Mm. Because it was just like, the hustle and bustle of every day, like, going up and down. And by the time we're, you know, get home and make dinner and do all this stuff, we just watch TV and then go to bed. So, like, we never even turn the fucking tree on. We don't even look at it. We just walk past it every single day. Right, there's too much and shit. it was, like – and that was one thing that, like, I always loved about Christmas was the decorations and, the like, the tree and the lights and all that stuff and just kind of having – That sort of ambience in your household for a couple weeks leading up Mm. to the holiday, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's – we don't have to complain about it anymore. I will say (laughs) that, like, I am really happy – I will say that I am really happy about the holiday itself this year. Like, it seemed like everything was – was perfect. I was able to spend the holiday with my family. We were able to get all of the gifts sorted out without having too much stress. There was a little bit um just because the last last 2 or 3 years uh I don't know about you, but like I don't hate buying presents for people, mm-hmm. but like I I actually actively like shopping for my wife because it's something that I'm comfortable doing and I I kind of pick up on things all year and then whenever I go to buy her stuff at the I've got like a game plan mm. and sort of it's like oh you know she would like this even though she didn't think about it kind of stuff but everybody else it's like like, what do I buy my parents? They don't need anything. Yeah, they're like, tough. what do I – you know, like, what do I buy my, you know, my brother and my sister-in-law and my in-laws and all this stuff? So the last couple of years, I've been getting really into making things, like homemade things mm-hmm. for them for the holidays. Like last year, I made everybody these – handmade, like, wooden boxes yeah. that were made out of, like, really nice cherry and maple. And it was just, like, a little box. Didn't take up a lot of space, but you could put candy in it or something. You know what I mean? Just, like, a little thing. Mm-hmm. And I made one for uh, for everyone. And then uh, this year, what I did was I made – for the adults, I made these um, – picture frames. One of them looks like a Christmas tree and one of them looks like a, like a present. Mm-hmm. And I made one for like my parents. And I made one for my, my sister-in-law and my brother. And then for my nephew, I made him this thing called a light table, which I don't know if you're from, you're probably not familiar with this just because it's, it's more of a thing for kids. But uh, essentially what it boils down to is it's a thing in preschools and stuff a lot, but it's just like a, like a table, that has like a opaque plexiglass top on mm-hmm. it, and you shut and it like has white light that shines up through it, and you can play on it with like translucent gems and and letters and all kinds of stuff, and you can put like a you can put like a drawing down and trace on it because yeah. like the light comes through and like all this stuff. A lot it's of artists very, use those actually. Um, right? Yeah, it's very common mm-hmm. in in art, but they've sort of. Uh, they sort of started also using it with like developmental things cool. for kids and stuff mm-hmm. just to be able to you know get their brain work and playing with uh letters and and gems and the lights are really the, like the colors are really cool with all the different gems and everything you can get for it well i made him one of these because i was looking at buying them and they're like freaking three hundred dollars wow i was like it's literally just a plexiglass – like a table no, with like a plexiglass light. top that has light that shines through mm-hmm. it. Like LED lights and or something. And so like. I, was like, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to make him one of these. Well, actually I was like – I wanted to make him something and Sarah gave me this idea. So um, I made him one and – but instead of like – if you buy one, like an official one, they're just like white light that shines through mm-hmm. it. Well, what I did was when I made him one, I made it with like – you can buy those – LED Like adhesive LED strips Mm -hmm. They come with like a remote Or like a phone app And you can like have all these color patterns And change the colors and the brightness And have it go to music and all this stuff So the lights I put in it Are one of these strip light systems Mm -hmm. So not only is it just like White light if he wants to play with it He can make it flash colors And do all this stuff that he wants And he seemed to really really like it So that was probably the highlight of my Christmas Was making that thing and having, having, uh, my nephew's name is Nolan, having him really, uh, really enjoy that. So, but yeah, I, I will say like to kind of leave it on a positive note. I really did enjoy Christmas yesterday. Um, it's just kind of like the the hangover from the holiday mm-hmm. that's been getting me the last couple of years. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and I don't mean that in like an alcohol induced hangover, just in like a like an emotional hangover. Yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's a lot, dude.
0: That the, uh, one quick thing I wanted to touch on, just as far as back to memory, real quick. Um, by the way, that light table sounds awesome. Uh, is that I was walking around with Justin. We there's a kid that grew up in his neighborhood that went to college with us. And his name was Ryan. I always called him Wayne because he looked like the older brother Wayne from the Wonder Years. And uh, yeah. Ryan always got a kick out of that. So any time I would ever see him, I would just call him Wayne. And he'd always laugh every time I called him. That. He's a really, really nice guy. And uh, this is what's so weird. So little did I know, Wayne's parents bought a house in town a few years ago. And he was apparently in town this weekend. And Justin – you know, we were walking around campus and uh, I asked him if he'd ever kept in touch with Wayne. And he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got hair down to his shoulders and he's looks looks kinda like a hippie, cool dude though. And I'm like, Oh man, I'd love to catch you. I haven't seen him for, for thirteen years. I haven't seen Wayne in thirteen years. And I hadn't seen my buddy Justin for nine. And uh and we all hung out all the time at college. So Justin's in town, we're hanging out, we're catching up. And he goes. I got a surprise for you. He didn't tell me that Wayne was in town. Why would he be? Wayne lives out in like Cranberry or something. So uh, we sh- he gives me the status. Let's go here real quick. And I'm like, all right. I was like, do I need to let Chelsea know where I'm going in case I don't come back? Is this like you're gonna you know take me out or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was weird because you wouldn't tell me where we were going, and then we pull in and Wayne's there. I'm like, Wayne, you know, it was so nice to see him. It had been so long. At first, I was kind of pissed because, like, wait, you live in Meadville and you've never reached out to me? And he goes, no, 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 no. My parents live here. I'm here maybe twice a year to visit them. He goes, I, I had no idea you were still in town. And then he starts laughing. He goes, you thought I lived here all the time. But then we had, a, we had a laugh. And then he goes, they started talking about college. And if you had asked me and put a gun to my head and I had to give you an answer. And you asked me and you said, how, how long did you and Wayne keep in touch while you were at college? I would say the whole, the whole shebang. My whole college career, four years, four and a half years, I hung out with that dude. We'd get food together. We'd go to Erie together. He was always around. I found out today that he only lasted one, one year and i was like what you were there surely cuz like my memories of college were that first year like they really stuck out. we hung out all the time and i was like wait so we so like that was it like we didn't hang out like after he goes no i went here and then i went to Barron for a bit and then i went here and i was like wait what so you never you didn't graduate from co- like i swear he's like no I'm like, oh my God, because I misremembered that. Like, I thought you were there all four years. Like, I had no clue. Like, you're just this person in my memory bank of people I hung out with at college that weren't like my music group. Like, you were just like people that, like, hung out in the dorm rooms. We would go get into trouble or whatever. You were always there in my mind, like, for years. Like, co- no, he was like, I was only there for one year. It's was like, oh my God, it's so fucking weird because uh-huh. I think of you so fondly and our times and he goes yeah same here he goes yeah no he goes no but I, he goes I couldn't stand Edinburgh he goes, I was out of there I was like oh my god so our memories are weird um, and you think you remember things perfectly but you don't and uh, I think I have I, I won't be the first to admit my memory is not great but something like that like you think I would remember oh he wasn't there for my second third or fourth year of college I just presumed he was Because, like, you know, why would I keep track of that 20 years later? Like, why would I even remember that he wasn't? You know what I mean? Like, he was just a college dude that hung out with us. So weird, man. It's great to see him, though. So I'm standing there with Justin and Wayne, and it was, like, phew. It was a a blast from the past. It was fun. And they're all great people still. Uh, We got along like no time had passed. It was awesome. Um, But, yeah, dude, memory and that stuff. And, yeah, just the holidays are good for those reasons too. You know what I mean? You, you 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 reconnect with people and it's 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 a good reminder. Dude, I often think about and then we'll go into games we're playing. Um I often think about like my life and like how most of the people that I've kept in touch with that I consider friends, um maybe with you as an exception because we still do the podcast. I'm I'm usually uh in a friendship with people, not not because we lean on each other for music creativity, but because we found each other through music. So I have very few friends in my life that I've made outside of music circles. And like these two dudes from college are like some of the exceptions. And it's just really interesting that to even think that I have friends who aren't musical at all because like my life has been music for so long that my friendships have been made through that. I'm with a lot of people. So, you know, or, or just maybe logistically, like you you were always around, but I mean, honestly, like you and I kind of met through music, honestly, like those guys, they didn't know me as a musician. I was just a college student. You know what I mean? That's what's so weird to me. I don't know. I tried to talk music with those guys and they, they couldn't they they, you know justin has no interest and then uh oh and another another crazy story real quick that that band danvers that i i was asked to guest vocal on um their singer lee yarnell uh is the guitar teacher for wayne's 12 year old kid and i'm like this is fucking wild because like his wife was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think our guitar teacher like follows you on Instagram or something, like posted something about you. I was like, what? I was like, what's his name? She goes, Lee. I said, I don't know anybody named Lee. And I know Lee Lee Arnell, but he didn't come to mind, you know. I was, I was like, what the fuck? That's so weird. Yeah, dude. I sung on his band's record. They're 12-year-old guitars teachers, my friend Lee. Uh it's such a small world, man. It's just who would have thought? I it's just my mind was blown today. It's just so strange. What a nice little Christmas. That's wild. Yeah, dude. It's My mind's kind of weird right now. That was like a total blast from the past. Uh, Walking through Edinburgh campus when all the kids are gone with with Justin, seeing them demolish buildings that we went to school. And, you know, that was our stomping ground. It was so weird today. Um, The fact he was in town and they're just getting rid of a lot of these buildings. They rebranded and stuff. Anyways, I'll shut up. Such a crazy... I'm just kind (laughs) of coming down from that weird experience. Um, Anyways, games we're playing. Every episode we talk about PlayStation games we are playing. And uh, this will be no exception. I do have some more to report. Um, If you tuned in last episode, you know that I've been playing Resident Evil 4 in VR, on VR2. And holy shit, man. I'm going to talk a little bit about this game. Most people have played it. There's a scene there's a, there's a part in this game where you get access to a boat. Um and
1: you can like oh so you're talking about the like the spear part. Yeah. Part. Yeah.
0: Whoa, what the fuck, man. In VR, that is insane. They they, they actually they give you a warning and they say if if you're playing this game standing up, you might want to sit down for this part. Um and I do play standing and I played that part standing and I <laughs> talk about some sea legs in VR, dude but that is so fun it, like the graphics just the magnitude oh my god it was awesome this game is continuously impressing me and then i and then i got to a point where i finally got the key to the church i, I get in the church i do the stuff I do, the puzzles are fun and then I, I i get to this part where i get in this cabin and there's this other guy in there, Rico or something. His name's what's his name? Right, R- R- R-
1: Rico Oh, uh, I know you're talking about, but I don't remember his name. Oh, yeah,
0: and he and he's you're not sure if he's good or bad. And uh, you have the president's daughter in tow. So that introduced a mechanic that I was not stoked on, because there there is like you have to protect her. Don't let the bad guys kill her or take her. And then you control that by holding the L2 trigger button. And if you hold that down and flick down, it tells her to stay close. If you do it again, it tells her to keep a little bit of distance. That's how you control her. But it's crazy because in the 3D world, like you actually feel like you're a little more responsible for this person. And, And at one point, this guy, this enemy, had reached out through a window and grabbed her. And pulled her through the window. And I'm standing there and I'm watching this happen. And it's the first time that she had been abducted. And it came up and it said, listen, so-and-so has been abducted. You have to stop this. If they get out, if if you let them go for too long, uh, the game will be over, right? You'll have to restart. Not the whole game, but from your last save. I'm like, oh, fuck. So she gets taken. And I just see... In the window, this guy like fling her over her shoulder and start walking away, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be this girl's fucking protector, and I just let this fucking happen. And you kind of get like kind of weirded out, but you're like, oh shit, you know. And instantly, nothing else around me mattered. I just beeline to the window, and I and I reached in with the shotgun, one hand, and boom, I shot. <laughs> and then he dropped her. I I would have hit her in real life, obviously, um, but she didn't take any damage or whatever. And then she came out. And I saved her and I felt so good about that. And like, so having another person responsible for in VR and playing, I don't like the protect mechanic. I don't know how long it's going to go on for. I'm still with her. Uh, The cabin scene is awful because it is so, so hard. It's like a tower defense mini game where they're like, it's like Call of Duty zombies before zombies happened. So you get Mm. planks that you can put up in the window and you got to keep the enemies out, but they keep coming through and you're limited ammo. And then this, this NPC character is trying to help you and throw you getting ammos. In VR, it's very intense because you're trying to reload and you're trying to run around this place and like fucking shoot people. And like I'm running up to people and doing the whole like – Gun foo shit, like I'm like oh, throwing it like up under their chin and like shooting and stuff and like trying to reload and like he's saying help me. You turn around and, like someone's like c- c- coming at him and I grabbed the dagger. I'm like fucking running and like and then before you know it, this minotaur is in the building and he's fucking tracking you down and like it's 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 like you're out of ammo. Then you got to like jump down. I, I jumped down. I had to like find like I had to craft shotgun ammo and reload. And then like he was coming down the stairs. I this is so vivid in my mind because it all happened. It felt like. This miniature guy's coming down the stairs and I'm at the base of the stairs and I had five rounds in the shotgun. And I just kept shooting him and he kept just fucking falling backwards. And eventually I killed him, but this lady with a pitchfork walked over him and she was like, She's running at me. And I ran away, you know, and I pulled out another gun, had to reload it, and I was like all fidgety and I killed her and then that was it. I got through it. I died like five times trying to beat that. Dude, it is so intense, but it's so good. It's so good. VR Resident Evil Four is so good. I'm loving it. I'm I'm not putting – man, I feel like I've been in that world for so long. I just got done either with Chapter 5 or I'm going into Chapter – there's 13 or 14 – no, 16 chapters. And I feel like when I put that headset on and I play, I'm just in that world. So I think everything you would do on the flat screen, you'd probably do – probably a little more abrasively. Like, you probably wouldn't be so careful. But because you're in the world in VR, everything you do is, like, what you would do in real life to, like, keep yourself from dying. So, like, you're you're looking through shit really slowly. You're not just fucking running to the next area. Like, you're really just, like, on guard the whole fucking time. Mm. That's how I've been playing it, dude. So, I've been in that world a lot. um, But I love it. It's so good, and uh, the one thing I gotta say about this game that I don't know that I appreciate is just the overwhelming amount of weapons you can purchase. Is I don't know when your funds are limited by inlaying gemstones and stuff that you get, and then you sell stuff, and then they they popped up a a thing and they go, hey, you know, you can you can sell back your weapons for what you put into them to get more money to buy new weapons. And it's like, but I have weapons. I've been, like, upgrading them. So, like, if I sell that upgraded weapon and I buy it back, do I have to re-upgrade it? And I don't know because I haven't done it yet. But, like, I have the shotgun, which is just a regular shotgun. And now they have this riot shotgun that I want. But I don't have space to carry it. And, like, if I sell the regular shotgun that's upgraded and I buy the riot shotgun... Can I ever get back the upgraded shotgun or do I have to restart the upgrade on it is my question. So if the mm. listeners know, please let me know. I don't like the overwhelming amount of weapon because because you can't have them all because they won't fit in your backpack, in your storage case. So you can't have all the weapons at your disposal and the game is so fun. The weapons are so enjoyable to use. I want to have them all at my disposal just keep the ammo limited and just let me just fuck around. But there's a little give and take. Interesting. Jake, you got to play this. Got to play this. Uh, and then I've been playing the finals, dude. The finals, in and out of that all the time now. I'm in. I love it. I'm, I'm gotten like it? good. Yeah, I got good. It got good at this game. It's frustrating. We get on with a team who doesn't really understand the objectives. Um, But but when you get in with a couple people you know understand the game can be a lot of fun man the game's a lot of fun Uh, I'm not a sucker for cosmetics or anything although I would like to have I understand now why they want your money you know they're making you pay for cosmetics dude I'm so tired of just wearing this jumpsuit my character just looks he says fucking jumpsuit I want to look cool because I feel like I'm badass. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give in. Don't worry. Not giving him any money. It's fun <laughs> as shit, though. It's a great
1: game. Jake, what have you been playing? Um, so not much actually. I I haven't played hardly any video games at all since last week because I've been so so busy with finishing up work for mm. the year and then working on Christmas stuff, kind of leading up until yesterday. So, but I did manage to beat Alan Wake too. Ooh. So, that's nice. I gotta say, I'm not gonna spoil anything, obviously, but I wasn't, like, super amped on the ending of that game. Um, it's, it, like, to me, it seems pretty clear that they were just leaving the door wide open for Alan Wake 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to make a long story short, you get zero closure at the end of that game. And uh, not not to spoil, not to ruin. It's still one hundred percent worth playing. For the aesthetics alone and the experience, the game is great. Mm-hmm. I will say, I, I did that that last major fight, the one that you were talking about a while ago, where like you know you've got allies that are throwing you, yeah, ammo and shit. I I fucking hate that. Shit. Yeah, yeah, me too. It took me forever. I, I think that, like, that is, I don't want to say it's antiquated game design, because maybe it's not, but to me it feels very, like, this, it's like these tower defense kind of battle sequences, where it's just, like, really? Like, this is just something that, like. Oh, if I turn on the thing, all these guys are going to attack, and you can't do anything about it. Right. And and it's like I, I I don't know. It's got to defend the so and so, and it's like okay. Well, I think part of it for me is just is just like that's not what I'm looking for in a <clears> game like <throat> this, me. <clears throat> right? Like this, like up until this point, until I would say that point in the game, it's very survival horror. Like you. Encounter enemies here and there. Sometimes you can avoid them because you have are low on ammo or maybe you don't have any flashlights for your battery or whatever. And then other than like boss fights where you're fighting like one bad guy or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they, they take that whole sort of design philosophy with the combat, the whole survival horror thing – And then they just chuck it out the fucking window for this battle. And they're just like, now you're going to fight hordes of enemies. This is a horde mode version now. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Like, I know part of it is just me frustrated with how difficult it was. Is this
0: the same? Sorry, I don't mean to I'll make sure we're on the same battle. Is this the one where the band is playing? Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. So, and then it's like so you you finish that section, oh yeah, and then, right after that, like part two of that battle is where you're actually fighting the big bad, right, and that part was easy. it's like you fucking dog pile enemies on me when I have no ammo, and it's not even that you don't have access to ammo because they're throwing it to you, but the game makes it so difficult for you to like get it and respect yourself and switch weapons yeah. and That like because you do it in real time, it doesn't pause anything. Right, and you can't, you can't. I think honestly, if they would at least make it so that you could access your inventory with while pausing the game, Mm -hmm. if you could do that alone, it would make that sequence so much more manageable. But like, you can't go into the. I, I found this out: the mind place is not paused. So if you go into that, like people just fucking kill you while you're in there. Yeah. You can't access your and it makes sense from a realism perspective, but it's like, and I think, isn't Resident Evil Four kind of the same way? Like when you access your inventory, is it real time? Do you know? It is not. Or does it pause? not in VR? It pauses. It pauses in VR. Okay, I don't so know if it does in my on flat screen. screen. The problem is is that, like, one of the things that is not realistic... I get, like, you're like, okay, well, you, you're you not going to access... If it was real life, you couldn't access your inventory. Like, the, like the enemies aren't going to stop coming at you because you're looking through your bag. And it's like, okay, well, if this was real life, I also wouldn't have all these fucking quick slots to sign and, like, all this other weird shit that's gamified about it anyway. So just, like, let me access my inventory in a reasonable manner while I'm getting through the game. Because they, they make it, and you have to... Dude, the fact that you have to equip healing items <laughs> pisses me off. Yeah. Um, I, I get I get there being a distinguishing – a distinguishment between like the pills versus the, the bandages versus the, the first aid kit. Yeah. It's like the first aid kit heals you to full health, but you literally have to stand still for like 10 seconds while you do it. And it's like, OK, I get – that's like a risk-reward thing. Right, 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 right. But the fact that like – you know, I don't know. There's just – there's something – as much as I love the game, mm. there's something about – there's something that feels very clumsy about the 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 item management inventory stuff, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's, and, it, and it only really falls apart for me in those very hectic combat sequences. Mm-hmm. If you're doing the normal survival horror thing where it's like – yeah. You know, you're, you get caught off guard or you're fighting, like, one enemy that's really hard to kill or, you know, you're slinking around or whatever trying to avoid shadows with your flashlight off. Like, it it works. T- it's totally fine for that. It's only when you're in this, like, these, like, one or two or three random horde mode sequences in the fucking game where it falls apart. Like, it's not designed for that. Um, but that said... The only, the only two negatives I have about it are that one specific battle I just <laughs> think is kind of BS. And then, I like I said, I wasn't super amped on the ending uh, just because it's just kind of like – I don't know. Like I get – I feel like the first game, even though the first game when you're playing the story, it's harder to understand what's going on. At the end of the game, you kind of know what happened whereas like in this game you're just like I oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like And
0: so like oh, it's so funny. I feel like you feel about this like how I feel about control as far as the story goes. I I personally feel like I picked up a lot of Alan Wake 2 story. I do concur that the ending while it ends very similarly to Alan Wake 1, the ending of number 2 is more convoluted with what they're trying to say or communicate to the player. I jumped into YouTube videos and, like, God, there's so much of this story that went over my head. Like, watching people break down the story. Like, it's
1: fucking ridiculous. like, I felt the whole time I was playing it, all the way up until the end, I felt like I was with them. (laughs) And even at the end, like, I, I didn't feel like they lost me at all. It was just, like... What does I it just, mean? I, I hate when they end it. Like, this game took literally 13 years to come out mm. from the first game. Like, we've been waiting 13 years for this game, and they're going to end it on this fucking cliffhanger that's like, I guess you got to wait 13 more years to find out what the fuck's going to happen with the <sighs> And it's like, Okay. Like I like I don't. I'm not saying they they couldn't leave it open to continue the story, but it would have been nice to know. Like, what would have been cool is if if they had provided a little bit. They had provided closure, but then put it like in Alan Wake One. I don't even know if they did this in Alan Wake One, but I don't mind. Like when they provide closure. But then, right at the end, they put a seed of doubt in your mind to make you question what happened. Yeah. So, like, there are things like mm. I would have loved them to do something like that with this, where they're just like, okay, maybe, you know, you didn't do it, or maybe you did do it. But then, right at the end, they're like, but maybe it's not like it seems. Like that, I, I would love. Be okay. and, I,
0: let me say this and, real quick. I am gonna bleep what? out the one word that you just used. Uh, you used a word that I can't. We can't have in the podcast. But everything else you've said is vague enough that no one know what the fuck you are talking about unless they play. The I don't game.
1: even know. I think I know what you are saying, but I don't even know if that really says anything. Well, to me,
0: and we'll leave, we won't say it, but like to me, I don't even know what that means. Right, the word that we bleeped out. Like I have no clue. The
1: significance of that, as opposed to what I already believed to be true, so like, well, the, I th- they, I think they kind of explain that in the. And this is really hard to talk about. without spoiler, yeah. It, but there's maybe, like a we'll there's it. like a mid there's like a post credits slash mid credits like yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to call it a cinematic because it's literally a live action video, mm-hmm. but of this like diary recording, and right, dude it kind of to me that sort of explains what that word kind of means mm-hmm. and and that i think is going to be the genesis for the third game right is sort of like accomplishing what that video is kind of talking about right and so going
0: through with the thing to
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I don't know. We don't have to talk about it anymore because I don't want to (laughs) actually spoil it. I love the idea of people not
0: playing the game and
1: hearing this conversation and being like, what
0: the fuck are these
1: guys talking about? But uh, it is, I will say, it's very good. It's it's way scarier than the first game in like a good way. Uh, And so I'm glad to be done with it. Then I – so what did I do? I, after I finished it today, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna boot up Teardown. Cause I downloaded that game a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and I wanted to try it and I just haven't gotten around to it because I haven't been playing much. So I was like, I'm gonna boot it up. Boot up Teardown. First thing I do, jump into the options menu. No option to invert the look controls in this game. So I was like, well, it's unplayable. Exit out of the game. Oh, my God. And uh, so I Googled it. This game launched on console without an invert look option. But they patched it in, and my game hadn't updated yet. Oh. So I updated it, and actually literally right before we recorded this podcast, it finished, and I booted it up real quick, and there is an invert look option now. So I am gonna I think I am going mm. to play with that game a little bit. Because I really do wanna uh I really do wanna see what that game's about. It does look kind of interesting. And then I uh I also have was just like kind of dicking around a little bit, just sort of in my free time playing a little bit of Halo and then uh, I also – I might have mentioned this last week, but I installed Beat Saber. Uh So I'm going to get my VR unit out, Uh I think, and uh, play a little bit of Beat Saber. And I think I might – because I want to dick around with my VR some this week while I'm off. Mm. So I think I'm going to play Beat Saber, and I might jump back into Gran Turismo a little bit more. But I'm thinking uh, about – Depending on my mood, I might check out something like Synapse or something like that. Just as like a, a reason to use my VR. You gotta get your VR um, legs,
0: man. Don't give up. You gotta just get them.
1: And it, and it's not that it's not that I am against playing it. It's just and i we talked about it. Ad nauseum. It's just the it's the setup and the hassle of it is really the only thing. But uh, yeah, so dude, I watched that. That video you sent me of that guy. Oh yeah, 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 that's so good. That, that guy like walking the plank oh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny how how sometimes people get so like like your brain gets gets tricked into thinking that it's real and one hundred percent from from a spatial perspective. And uh, so that's it's it's pretty cool. But anyway, that's that's really all I got. I'm trying to think if there was anything else, but I don't think so mm-hmm. uh that's basically it for, for my games this yeah. week anyway well I, yeah
0: I, I would just recommend anyone who's interested in any of these games to check them out all three games the finals uh i don't wait two and resident evil 4 in vr2 and i would i would presume the resident evil 4 on a flat screen is also just fantastic the remake uh the game is great so far but, oh jesus just i'm having a fucking i don't know relationship with this game it's awesome it's it's so good. It's Jesus. It's Oh man. It's it's more interactive than my experience with seven because seven uh it was just you look and you shoot like this with your head. This is just you can dual wield. You can't dual wield in Resident Evil um four, but you can in VR because you can literally just grab two guns. It's
1: fucking rad. Um That's what I heard. I I heard that there's like a lot of things that it enables you to do that you can't do in the flat screen version of the game that's uh it's pretty neat. Well the one thing that changes the way you can play it.
0: Yeah. So the one thing I, I was having trouble on the tower defense part in that cabin and I had all the windows boarded up except the one, so I saw all the enemies like walking to the one open window. I was like, Oh fuck, I got a grenade. So I literally just walked up to the window pulled it and just reached over the ledge, dropped it and ran away. And it just exploded and just about killed them all. And I was like, that was the coolest fucking baller move. Like in a game, I could imagine me trying to throw it and like it going too far, not landing right where I wanted it. But I might as well have just fucking sat it on the ledge because I just reached out and went bloop and dropped it. And I saw it go down (laughs) and I was like, Oh yeah, these fuckers are going to explode. It was awesome um just the ability to do that and the movement is just so so kinetic it's awesome. All right, but well, yeah, let's get on with it. So, uh, we have no listener feedback or questions for from last episode, episode 307. But if you do want to write the show, you can do that is awesome at gmail.com. You can also leave comments on our YouTube channel and then you can also join our Patreon and leave comments on our Patreon. Um usually patrons of the show get the episodes a few days early. This time around, they did not because of the holiday. When we're done with this, I'm just going live with it all. No early yeah. access, just posting all this shit for everybody um, at once. It's Tuesday, 7.30 right now. And the episodes typically air for free for everybody on Wednesdays. And then if you're a patron, usually you get them early. But we don't have any listener feedback, so we're going to move on to the news section. And the, the news section, I thought, was a little light because it's this time of, this time of year. So I wanted to briefly just do kind of like a quick inventory it doesn't have to be everything obviously just of uh different things that stood out to both you and I Jake, about 2023 as we close the year up and i started thinking about it and there's there's so much to be to be grateful for and uh to give a snapshot of what it what it meant to be a PlayStation gamer in 2023 we we had a lot a lot of really good Good releases. A lot of a lot of interesting things. For example, we've been talking a lot about VR2. VR2 came out in February 2023. We got the VR2 headset this year. Um, we got Spider-Man 2 this year. We got Final Fantasy 16 this year. We got the PS Portal this year. The Last of Us aired in January on Showtime. HBO. Sorry. Yes. HBO. My bad. Thank you for that. I had it in the notes wrong. But yeah, so The Last of Us TV show started this year. Uh, We saw the initial beginning of Marathon and Concord at the PlayStation Showcase this year. We got a PlayStation Showcase. It wasn't necessarily in spades. It wasn't amazing, but we saw some things. Alan Wake 2 came out this year. We got the Dead Space and Resident Evil 4 remake this year. We got Baldur's Gate 3 on console. And... We got the critically acclaimed expansion DLC for Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty this year. We got the GTA 6 trailer this year. Dude, we had so much good shit this year. I don't know anything that specifically stands out to me, but I think on a whole... What a fucking year it was for gaming. There was always something to talk about on the show, it seemed like. There were maybe one or two weeks where it's like, ah, kind of a light news week. But, dude, we had a lot of crazy stuff happen. Um, Most of it good. You know, there were some bad stuff. Studios going through hard times. uh, Hacks that happened that we kind of talked about. But... Man, we we even got the 40K Warhammer uh, Space Marines, whatever, too, um, trailer. Mm -hmm. Fucking awesome. So, Jake, is there anything that – I mean, all of that, I think, is a highlight. But, like, is there anything that just stands out to you this year that you're like, man, that was was really good or that was – I know I'm hitting you blind with this. I didn't tell you we were going to bring this up or I was going to – I was just looking for something interesting to kind of cap the podcast for the year. Uh, Is there
1: anything – um, personally for me the two big surprises were Final Fantasy sixteen and uh Hogwarts Legacy, honestly. Ooh, Hogwarts, that's right. Um Yeah, both of those games I really sunk a lot of time into. I mean, we talked about our wrap up last week and both of those games were on that list for me, mm. and I, especially Final Fantasy VI. I mean, Hogwarts Legacy was just such a shock that it was just as good as it was, and 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 how popular it was. It's just a smash success, even though it's been largely ignored mm-hmm. by the games media as a whole, just because of the whole J.K. Rowling thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. But Final Fantasy sixteen was just the fact that it's more of a, a an action RPG or, like, an action game than it is a true JRPG. And the fact that I haven't really, other than Final Fantasy VII Remake, I haven't played a, a modern Final Fantasy game that I really, like, was in love with. Mm. So uh, I was really, really happy with the way that 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 game turned out and then obviously you know spider-man 2 was great but we knew that was going to be great um we got diablo 4 this year which was cool even though it personally was not really that great for me i I didn't really like what they did with the game but it that doesn't take away from the fact that it's a smash success and people really do like other people really do like what they did with it so um yeah i mean there's just a lot we, we talked about Dead Space remake. I, yeah. I haven't beaten it yet, but uh, I might now that I'm done with Alan Wake. I might jump back into that and try and finish that game off because it's uh, it's great. It's it's but it's compared to all the other remakes that we've been talking about recently, it's an actual like almost one to one remake
0: yeah.
1: versus you know let's say uh, Resident Evil Four remake, which is more of a It's a remake, but there's some conceptual changes to it. Mm. And, you know, with the VR mode, and there's a few other things that they changed about the game. Right. Um, So, and then obviously Alan Wake 2, we were just talking about it, was a really, really great experience. Uh, I, I am so glad to see that they could take essentially 13 years off with this franchise and come back and have it be such a smash hit. I mean, com- critically, I don't know how well it sold, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 been a really great year. And and we've we talked, you know, kind of him hot about Baldur's Gate three and everything. It's something that I really want to try. I just don't know mm-hmm. based on the way that it looks. I, I don't know if I could. If I would be that into the combat, so it's kind of hard for me to spend the money on it. Mm. Actually, my brother and I were talking about it last night at at Christmas, just about how you know we were both interested in it. But he said he watched some videos and he just didn't think he would like the sort of the dice rolling nature of the combat. But uh, you can't deny how successful it seems to be. So. Anyway, I mean yeah, it's been a it's been an awesome year and I will admit that like as far as sort of announcements and releases from Sony proper goes, it's been kind of a down year for them. Obviously Spider-Man 2 is great, but we didn't get anything new from them as far as announcements go. I mean, we got like you know, we had that that showcase where they talked about I guess, you know, from new stuff goes – mm-hmm. as far as new stuff goes, namely they talked about uh, um, Concord and – what was the other one? Fair Games. Mm-hmm. and But we don't know anything about them other than some CG trailers that we saw. And Marathon, obviously. But, you know, now – like right now at the end of the year, it's kind of hard to be excited about Marathon with all the bad shit that's been happening at Bungie. Right. It's hard. So – you know, it, it's been kind of – honestly, it's been kind of an up and down sort of – honestly, I'd almost even say a down year for Sony first party and I include Bungie in that. Oh, not to
0: mention the announcement of the closure of the – well, the, not the closure
1: but the cancellation of Last of Us online. Right, right. And we just talked about that last week. Um, but at the same time, you think about PlayStation Productions on the multimedia side and The Last of Us on HBO was fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Nobody expected that show to be as good as it was,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then from what I understand, people are also really liking Twisted Metal, right. even though I haven't watched it, and I don't think it's as obviously it's not going to be as critically as claimed as something like The Last of Us. But a lot of that is down to the con the su- the, uh, uh, the subject, right? The content that's in. I mean, you're not going to get a fucking sweet tooth singing. You know, the Thong song is not going to win you any Emmys, I don't think. But uh, I would say that it seems like it's a success. They announced the second season for it. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very... It's been one for the ages, for sure, as far as just general video game sort of chronology across all platforms. Yeah. Even on the Nintendo side, we got a Zelda game and a Mario game. Two, two Mario games a Zelda game and a fucking Pikmin game this year which is crazy. Did you mention the Mario so, game? Yeah, there's two Mario games. Yeah, Mario, Mario and- uh Mario Wonder and Mario RPG mm-hmm. remake came out. And then you like I said then you had Pikmin 4 and you right. uh uh you had um Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So it's just dude, and then even even uh Xbox had Starfield and obviously Redfall wasn't very I heard popular, that Hi-Fi Rush
0: game was awesome. Did that High Hi-Fi out?
1: Rush was fucking awesome. Man, I never played it. Um so it's just been a good year yeah, for gaming. It's, it's been such a great year for games. Maybe not a great year for, like I said maybe not a great year for Sony first party, but it's been a great year for video games. And I'm kind of and there's a lot coming down the pipe for mm. uh you know the first few months of 2024 or so Seems like we're just gonna keep on rolling, which is great. Yeah, dude. But it's kind of a bummer. It's kind of a bummer for the listeners in the fact that like there's almost so many games that we can't we can't cover them all. At least we can't even cover all the major ones because it's just like there's just too much stuff coming out, and too much of it is great. Mm-hmm. It's like how do you know? And and they're all super long, like like it took me like 27 hours or 28 hours to beat almost 30 hours to beat Alan Wake 2 excuse me right and it's like you know and then on top of that it took me like 55 hours to beat Final Fantasy 16 it took me like 40 35 40 hours to beat uh Spider-Man 2 I played uh Starfield for 50 hours and didn't even beat the main story Jeez. like it it's it's just you know things are getting crazy if uh you know obviously if the listeners have any suggestions about things that we didn't cover that they think is great, then feel free to float them our way but uh it's just a bummer that we can't get to we can't get to more of these games honestly yeah theres it, it feels like the it feels like the backlog has increased exponentially this year just because of the you know, games that have come out
0: it's it seems kind of wild really I mean we're getting. I'm trying to think of the games that we're getting in 2024 as a supposedly getting. And, you know, Dragon's Dogma Two's on the list. Uh, the Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League's on the list, if you're interested in that. Tekken 8 supposed to come. Skull and Bones, Helldivers 2, Prince, new Prince of Persia game, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, there's There's a lot of games, you know, that are apparently coming in... You know, not not to mention the last was part two remastered uh, January 19th. Um, we're getting some things uh, in the first quarter of 2024, like you said, man. That Pacific Drive game, February 22nd, that's coming out. So, I mean, there's a lot of things coming out, man. And it doesn't look like there's going to be any... <sighs> any reprieve for a while, at least for the next couple months. And like you said, I wish we could get our hands on more of these games and play them. And uh, I don't know, man. And just like our listeners, you know, it costs us money to play the games, so we got to buy them. But when there's a game that we know is going to trip or trigger, uh, we're definitely going to try to play it and talk about it on the show. So I've am i been more than happy with how the podcast itself has been going this this year. You know, uh, we're just... uh, Doing her thing, man, and people are listening. So that's great. So um, let's move into uh, the next news point, Jake. And uh, this one is kind of interesting. And I I don't know that I care much, but the rumor mill has started circulating again. And apparently the God of War trilogy uh, is going to be rumored to get a remaster for PS5. Um, I'm guessing that's the original one through three. I would think so, yeah. And uh, I don't know if – to me that seems like a cash grab. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know who's doing it. I don't even know if it's – it's not confirmed. It's not confirmed yet, but this came way of a a person. I can't remember. It was on Push Square, somebody who's been notorious for saying shit and having it happen. It wasn't Jeff Grubb. It was somebody else, but – I guess it doesn't matter. The news story is on Push Square. But I don't know how I feel about this. I just think that like if this is true, I won't be revisiting these. I played them all already.
1: You played the first three God of War games? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think I ever played any of them. I played a little bit of uh, Ascension, but that from what I understand was kind of like the black sheep of that original Sort of uh, uh skew of not skew not the right word, but it's like a slew of games that they did, so i depending on what they look like and how they're remastered i i I might be interested in checking them out. my understanding is that they're quite a bit more pack and slashy oh yeah than for sure the than the the I, I don't I hate to call them remakes because they're. They're not. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a, the reimagining, we'll call it, of God of War, where the Norse mythology stuff. Um, but that said, I could be persuaded to check them out if they look like they're a you know, proper remake mm-hmm. with some modern treatments and not just like a reskin.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got them, I think, on PS3. It was the God of War collection. Um. Or maybe it was on PS4. It was, it was one through three. Uh, you could just buy it, and it was fine. It was all the original games. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. The the boss battles are so epic in the God of War original games. They're so fun, uh, but yeah. I, I have no interest in replaying them. I mean, they were they were always a little longer than I wanted them to be. They were done really well. Story was great, but I mean, it it was very much rinse and repeat after a while. Um, you know, so they were, I don't they weren't a slag to get through, but they were, they were definitely, uh, once you played, you know, 10 hours of any of them, you, you kind of understand what's going on, but they were good. All, all made with a lot of love and care. You can tell, you know, everything was good about them, but, uh, I wouldn't want to go back to that. Um, but I would recommend it if no one's ever played them. So if that happens, that happens. Great. Dude, we used to do these, these quizzes on push square. And you can imagine my excitement when I saw this one pop up, uh, you know, Jake and I have aced one of these and, uh, push square has a site and they have a link and, uh, they have what they call the push squares, PlayStation quiz of the year. Jake and I are going to take this quiz real quick on the podcast. Um, we have not studied these things and, uh, sometimes we're really good at it. Sometimes we're really shitty at it. And uh, this is a way for us, for you to test to test our metal, to see if we are worth our weight and salt. Question number one. There's 20 questions, Jake. I didn't realize it was this long. Let's try to get through it quick. Um, mm-hmm. The Last of Us kicked off a year of film and TV adaptations from PlayStation this year. How many episodes of the HBO drama had aired before it was officially renewed for a second season?
1: This is such a random question. This is a I, it was stupid pretty- question. It was pretty fast, but I don't
0: know. I'm. It's one or the the question answers are one, two, five, or nine. I'm. I'm gonna go one.
1: Yeah, I mean your guess is as good as mine.
0: You want to go one? Sure. Wrong. too. Fuck. Well, there goes our hundred <laughs> percent. Sorry. Uh, we were in the right ballpark. Uh, twenty twenty three saw a significant number of live service games be shut down. How old was Rumbleverse when the servers went offline in February? I don't even know what the fuck Rumbleverse is. One year, nine
1: months, six months, or three months? Uh, that game wasn't it? A didn't it launch this year? Must have. So it 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 was like I mean, obviously, all the answers are are really short, mm-hmm. but definitely not a know. year. Maybe, yeah, maybe run it right up the middle or something. Six six months, sure. Correct. Good job.
0: <laughs> um, Xbox Studio Double Fine released an epic thirty-two part documentary about Psychonauts two and game development in general. What was it called? Was it called Psycho Psych Ward, Psych Odyssey, or Psycho Catharsis?
1: I think it was called Psych Odyssey. Let's do it. Psych Odyssey. Correct. Good job, Jake. Even though just just a quick sidebar, even though that uh, uh, that studio is an Xbox Studio now. That game is on PlayStation yeah. and it is awesome. So I highly recommend it.
0: This is a, they're showing a bunch of stuff here from the Xbox Activision Blizzard King deal. It says Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard King was in and out of the news practically all year. And fans were followed every step. At its fever pitch, what ridiculous thing did obsessives do? Did they track the flight path of a flame Jim Ryan was on? Waited outside courtrooms to speak to Sony Microsoft executives, hacked into internal PlayStation emails, or made up fake evidence that got picked up by the media. I wouldn't be surprised if they tracked a plane Jim Ryan was on, but there was something like that. But I believe that happened to
1: Elon Musk, not Jim Ryan. I Dude, I don't know. I think that's Right. I think there was, a, there was a story where they were talking about, like, oh, Jim Ryan's going to Brussels. Like, I think it was something like that. Want to do it? Yeah. Correct. Oh, shit. Good job.
0: <laughs> I knew that happened nice. to Musk, and he was all offended by it at one point. But all right, so I guess you, that's something you can do. Question five. We've only missed one so far. PlayStation's brand and marketing often leads to its crossover products. Which of these was released this year? Cereal with Marvel Spider-Man two in the box, postage stamps with PlayStation characters, pasta shaped like the PlayStation symbols, or all three. Dude, if there were postage stamps with PlayStation characters, I would have been all in on that shit.
1: Just mailing my shit out with that. That would be cool. I don't think that. that- like it almost has to be. It almost has to be all of them, right? Because mm. this is like something that is not news. Like, how would we even know this? It's probably pasta shaped like the PlayStation
0: symbols. I don't think it's all three, but let's do, do all three, Jake. You haven't been wrong yet. All three? Correct. Sure. Oh, my God. Stamps were a particular line run in Croatia, but the other two are perhaps more readily available. Okay.
1: Yeah, I got I got some bones to pick with fucking push square. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to know about stamps in Croatia? Well, I don't know. <laughs> All right. The du-
0: question six: The Dual Sense PS5 controller was put to use in what scientific endeavor? Automated vitro fertilization. VitrO, sorry, um, analyzing <laughs> yeah. response times of various lizards. Experimental horticulture technology or test driving experimental aircraft. It was uh, in vitro fertilization, I believe. I was going to say.
1: I thought that's what it was. Some medical thing.
0: Yes. Not to be confused with the controller that sunk the sub. Um,
1: That was like a Logitech. Yeah, that was not the PlayStation. We're not being
0: thrown here. Let's do in vitro fertilization. Correct. Nice. Fertilize an egg with a sperm. Science. All right. In Tenacious D's viral hit song, Video Games, which of these PlayStation series is referenced in the music video and lyrics? I've never seen this video. Horizon, God of War, Uncharted, The Last of Us. Um, Based on it being Tenacious D...
1: I would say probably God of War, but I I I saw this song when it came out, and I was like, oh, I should watch that, and I just never watched it, so I have mm. no idea what the fuck it is. Let's do God of War. It looks like that could be Zeus playing guitar in the background, although I think it is their guitar
0: player. You said God of War? Yeah. Let's do it, because they had some wacky... Correct. Good job. Nice. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11, question eight. We've only missed one so far, and it was the one that I answered. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 players weren't best pleased when ads for another game started popping up inside the fighter. What? What other game was being advertised? Oh, inside the game. Okay, was it Suicide Squad, Kill Justice League, Back for Blood, Hogwarts Legacy? I think it's Hogwarts or Mortal Kombat One. It's the same studio. It's
1: probably it's probably either Hogwarts or Suicide Squad would be my guess, but Hogwarts would probably be yeah, it's Hogwarts man. You think? I think so. Okay, go for it.
0: Correct, Hogwarts. Whew. All right. Um, question nine of 20. It's been a brutal year for those in the industry with many job losses and studio closures. Which Sony first party team was shut down in 2023? Was it Japan Studio, London Studio, Media Molecule, or Pixel, Pixel Opus? It was Pixel Opus. Yeah. Correct. Question 10 of 20. Can you name the game from the below still taken from its debut trailer? Oh, it's Fair Games, I think. Hyenas, yeah, the finals, yeah. Concord, or Fair Games? I don't think it's, it's Hyenas.
1: No, it, it's Fair Games.
0: That's what I thought. All right, good job. Yeah. All right, dude, moving on. Halfway through, only missed one. Question 11 of 20. Courtroom documentation accidentally revealed the development budgets of some of PlayStation's big exclusives. How much did Horizon Forbidden West cost to make? 202, oh, this is stupid. Two hundred and two million, two hundred and twenty million, two hundred and eight million, or two hundred and twelve million.
1: Wasn't it uh I think it was two hundred and twelve? I was leaning two hundred eight,
0: but it's probably two hundred twelve, because you're usually right on this shit. Okay, try that. 212? Yeah. Correct. Good job, Jacob. Nice. Question 12 of 20. Yuji Naka, one of the minds behind Sonic the Hedgehog, re- received a heavy, a hefty fine and suspended prison sentence this year. What was his crime? Grand larceny, fraud, insider trading, or making Balan Wonderworld? Making
1: Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious.
0: Insider trading. Correct. All right, Baldur's Gate 3 took social media by storm when it shared an intimate scene between Asterion and uh, a bear. Which social media site banned developer Larian because of this clip? Was it TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, or X, which is Twitter?
1: Uh,
0: Probably TikTok?
1: Facebook? Maybe. Well, Facebook and Instagram are tied together. Uh, so it's probably not – maybe – Tick, you said TikTok, right? I'm I think thi- that might be. Yeah. Right. Let's go TikTok. It can't be X. No. I mean, you could Elon- practically put fucking porn on there. Yeah. So. Let's
0: go TikTok. Correct. Good job. All right. Question 14 to 20. A spiritual successor to Patapon was announced this year, quickly drawing support on Kickstarter. What is it called? Tatagon, Nakanon, Dapadon, or Ratatan? It's Ratatan. It's Ratatan. Ratatan, yeah. maybe. But yeah, Ratatan, Ratatan. Correct. Question 15 to 20. Dude, we are killing this shit. Uh, Rippin'. One unusual condition of the Microsoft Activision deal is that a different publisher entirely will gain cloud streaming rights of Activision Blizzard's games. Which publisher? WB Games, EA, Take-Two, or Ubisoft? It's, I'm pretty sure it's Ubisoft. That would make sense. Correct. And the answer says: In order to satisfy the UK's comp- competition regulator, Microsoft agreed to sell off the cloud streaming rights for active Blizzard's games to a third party, namely Ubisoft. What a wild ride this whole ordeal is, man! All right, here we go. Question sixteen to twenty: PlayStation boss Jim Ryan announced his retirement after four years as CEO. What year did he join Sony? Ninety-four.
1: I think it's nine. I think it's ninety-four. All right, because I remember there being like a lot of talk about like thirty years with Sony or whatever. Yeah,
0: right. 94, 99, 2003, or 97 for the listeners. Uh, we're going to go 94. Mm. Correct. 30 years once he steps down early next year. 17 to 20. The website pushquare.com is predominantly about which series of Sony video game consoles was a question on which British quiz show. We not Brits. Uh, Mastermind. I have no idea. Tipping Point University Challenge of the Chase.
1: I've never heard of any of these, so just pick a this random one. This is a one. shitty
0: question. I guess it makes sense. We're infiltrating their site. Uh, Mastermind sounds good? Sure. Nope. Tipping point. Mm. Okay, that one shouldn't count, so but we missed two now. 18- catch up on my
1: British game shows. Yeah,
0: that wasn't a PlayStation question. 18 to 20. Um, which of these companies sells branded DualSense PS5 controllers? Hotpoint, M&M's, Magner's, or Yorkshire tea? what branded Dual what? sense PS5 controllers Hotpoint M&M's Yorkshire T has to be a joke because they're they're fucking British over there um that's gotta be an inside joke over there the T what about M&M's there's <laughs> no fucking way it's M&M's man Magners <laughs>
1: or Hotpoint Dude. Hotpoint sounds Dude. like it's probably Magners that sounds like a I real I have pl- no idea I don't think this is I think this is a British thing I don't know that this happened in America so just go ahead and pick something what do you want to pick I, dude, I. It's I not
0: M and M's. It's Magnus or Hot Point, as far as I'm concerned. We'll go Hot okay. Point. Wrong, Yorkshire Tea. Jesus, <laughs> that's so fucked up. Okay, we've missed three now. Sue us. Question nineteen to twenty. Sony is co-funding the movie adaptation of a franchise from a rival gaming business. Which non-PlayStation movie is Sony involved in? It takes two Borderlands, Streets of Rage, or The Legend of Zelda. It's Zelda. For sure.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Yeah. Boom. Got it. Last question. December saw the official unveiling of GTA 6, but one individual really isn't happy about it. Who's trying to squeeze Rockstar for money for par- parodying them in the trailer. The alligator entering the shop. It's the Florida Joker guy. Uh, the alligator in the pool or the lady on the – clearly it's not the alligator. And it could be the lady on the car, but it is Florida Joker. Did you hear about this? Is it? Yeah. No, I He's threatening to sue Rockstar. He's asking for like 2 million dollars or something. It's funny. So we got 17 out of 20, which says PlayStation Encyclopedia. Wow, look at the, those results of yours. Uh that short is something. Thanks for taking part in the 2023 Quiz of the Year. What are your favorite moments from throughout the year? Compare results. Ba 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 ba. There you go. Good job, Jake. Yeah, the Florida Joker is a is a a side point, a news point. Um is that he posted like on TikTok or somewhere demanding That the people at Rockstar pay up for using his likeness or he's going to take him to court. And then there was a funny rebuttal video from the guy who plays Arthur Morgan in Red Dead. And he's just like, "Uh, no, you are not going to win this. Trust me. They know what the fuck they're doing. You don't stand a chance. Uh, They have people and people and people making sure that they are within their rights to do all this shit so you are not <laughs> this, you know it's just straight up saying it's funny because it's in like Arthur Morgan's voice a little bit um yeah i thought it was hilarious though and you know he's probably not wrong um it is interesting though because people have been sued for less you can be sued for less doesn't mean you're going to win so moving on uh let's get on to this next news point speaking of crime and law and grand theft auto This is actually sad but interesting at the same time. And some people be like, I have no fucking sympathy for these people. You know what I mean? But this young person, man, um, the GTA hacker, the person who hacked into and exposed Grand Theft Auto, was recently sentenced to life in a hospital. He's 18. He's from England. His name is A-R-I-O-N Kurtaz, K-U-R-T-A-Z. He apparently was able to hack Rockstar... While he was in police protection, he used an Amazon Fire Stick, a mobile phone, and a Travel Lodge television. And he was <laughs> – the dude must be fucking brilliant. That must be a savant, yeah. Just fucking brilliant to be able to do this. And so he's he
1: was sentenced to life in a hospital, dude, for doing this. He must have some kind of – there was like – was there – was there something about like him having some kind of developmental disability or something? It's
0: never been confirmed. It's only been speculated. Uh, yeah, you know, some podcasts That's jokingly, seriously, wild, uh, whatever. But I, I don't think that there's. I think he took it. I think his approach, or maybe his his defense attorney, probably was like, "Listen, you're in a fucking ton of hot water. Um, we need to go this route." You know, that might have been the situation. Um, but man, I I forget my password all the time to get into shit. Like I can't imagine hacking Rockstar Games with an Amazon Fire Stick in a hotel TV. Um, and your phone, phone probably clearly is a hotspot or some shit. He probably used the TV That's to plug a USB drive into, used his phone as a hotspot, and probably had some sort of hacking software on his phone as my guess. But it's fucking genius.
1: That's crazy. Was this after he was arrested? Yeah,
0: he was already he was already arrested for fucking hacking some other places. And then he fucking hacked <laughs> Rockstar from a hotel room under police protection. Or, That's hilarious. Yeah, it, it's hilarious, but it's also really fucked up. You know what I mean? Like Jesus. Yeah, someone like this we need on our side, like on the good people's side, right? Man, this this kid, what a waste of
1: talent and skill. Yeah, you would think that like somebody like this would just. He would be gobbled up as like a white hat or whatever, yeah, dude, this might but, just be uh, a cover
0: story anyways, may it might not be real. they probably like the, some government scoop this kid up, and he's like cuffed in like a white room where they just give him a computer and they're like do this, and we yeah. do this, and we won't like take you out. you know what I mean, like who knows, but like Could that be. kind of skill is just unprecedented, um, this is the generation man before us that's gonna you know gonna come after us It's are gonna be so fucking good at this shit that's wild um next news point man uh this is kind of no surprise but disheartening for a number of reasons uh first contact entertainment the developer of firewall ultra and just firewall are essentially blaming the closure of their studio on the lack of virtual reality support going on in video games right now. Uh, The studio is going to be shutting down at the end of 2023. Firewall Ultra was kind of set up to be a live service kind of game, I believe. Um, They can no longer... They said they can no longer justify the expense needed going forward making virtual reality games. They just can't do it.
1: Um, I just heard... I mean, I also kind of heard that that game just wasn't that great. I've heard a bit of both, yeah. mm -hmm. It wasn't... people like... Go ahead. People liked that Firewall game f- for PSVR 1. Mm-hmm. Like, people seem to really like it. I just think that, like, my understanding is that the the PSVR 2 Firewall Ultra, it was kind of like a 1.5 version of the game, and it, like, wasn't really all that mm. compelling. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't played it, so obviously I have no authority over this, but it seems... Uh, it's unfortunate that they're shutting down, and yeah, I do agree that there's probably not there's not the user base for the PSVR2 that developers would like but i don't know i mean if you're going to be in that market you almost got to make something you almost got to be even better yeah. at your job than, than releasing it on a PS5 that's got 50 million users yeah you got so, yeah shoof. it's tough
0: it's a tough place to be, man. It's a tough game to begin with, being a developer. And then to develop for VR, which arguably is cutting edge, but also not readily accessible. And you really got to come out of the gates. I, th- I think their mistake was doing Firewall Ultra. I think it had they made a brand new game. Firewall Ultra, from what I understand, and again, I haven't played it, wasn't that big of a leap from Firewall. Yeah, and it was just like I don't know, man. Like you already kind of rode that excitement. Like you can't expect because probably the most most people who got a VR two already had VR and already played Firewall would be my presumption. You know, a lot of the PSVR two owners already fucking ran the game directory dry on PSVR, and they were looking for something new and refreshing. And then they come out with Firewall Ultra, which is just like more of Firewall. So I think that's why Pavlov did pretty good. Is because it was a different title It was like the same idea right. I think Maybe a little bit different idea But people got excited over a new title Anyways They should have just named it something completely different You know Firewall Firewall 2 would have been awesome You know what I mean But they didn't make that big of a jump I don't think To justify that So and that's kind of on them um, Interesting So all right And then we only have a couple more news points left And we'll let you guys get on with your New Year celebration The um The hack, Jake, that we talked about briefly in episode 307 turned out to be really big fucking news. Um, I'm glad we covered it last episode, that we talked about it. We were probably one of the first to talk about it on a podcast. But um, Insomniac was hacked, and they they did recently respond to that hack uh, publicly. And I just wanted to read their response since we did cover this last episode. And pretty much everything we talked about was accurate. And uh, their response says, uh, Thank you for the outpouring of compassion and unwavering support. It's deeply appreciated. We're both sad and angered about the recent criminal cyber attack on our studio and the emotional toll it's taken on our dev team. We have focused inwardly for the last several days, support each other, and we are aware that the stolen data includes personal information belonging to our employees, former employees, and independent contractors. It also includes early development details about Marvel's Wolverine for PlayStation 5. We continue working quickly to determine what data was impacted. Um, This experience has been extremely distressing for us. We, We want everyone to enjoy the games we develop as intended and as our players deserve. However, like Logan, Insomniac is resilient. Marvel's Wolverine continues as planned. The game is in early production and will no doubt greatly evolve throughout development, as do all our plans. Well, we appreciate everyone's enthusiasm. We will share official information about Marvel's Wolverine when the time is right. On behalf of everyone at Somniac, thank you for your ongoing support during this challenging time in Somniac games. Dude, it's... They didn't... The hackers didn't get their $2 million. Uh, Sony didn't pay up. Somniac didn't pay up. Everything Mm -hmm. leaked as the hackers promised. Um, They can't go back on their words if they're hackers because then their next threat will not be perceived as a real threat. They have to do it. They have to hold, you know, looking at it from a criminal perspective, you know, uh, this kind of situation sucks for everybody. Nobody wins. Nobody won in this situation. Right. Hackers didn't win. Insomniac didn't win. Sony didn't win. Gamers didn't win. Nobody fucking won. All this did was damage all around. You know what I mean?
1: Seems kind of like a waste, yeah.
0: Complete waste. And uh I guess the I guess the thought process behind this is if you don't pay the hackers then they won't they'll they'll cease to do this kind of shit. You know, if they know they're not gonna get anything. But like at the same time, at what expense? You know what I mean? Personal data now is out there for people who worked at Insomniac in private contractors and like dude like Fuck. That's just... It's frustrating, you know? It wasn't just game details. And even if it were, that's still bad enough. You know what I mean? But, like, you know, we're we're comparing apples and oranges now. Like, it's one thing to leak game screenshots and, like, early footage and shit. And it's another thing to, like, just air out people's personal information, their addresses, their socials, their phone numbers, their date of birth, their their fucking income, their tax returns, all that shit. Like, I think yeah. all of that shit aired out. I didn't look at any of it, but that's my impression. And I don't know. I, I'm i sad that this happened. We don't need to talk about it anymore unless you have something else you want to add, Jake. It, it was nice to at least put into the podcast Insomniac's
1: response for anyone who didn't catch it. Yeah, i I just... I don't understand why. You know, like, why... Why do this? I mean, I get that they're doing it for money or whatever, but it seems like if you're that good... If you're that good of a programmer that you can hack into a company like this, steal all this information, and then try to ex- you know extort Sony for it, I have to imagine you could probably pre- be pretty successful in a legitimate fashion. <laughs> like, Like, I don't... You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand the mentality behind it. Now, this is a easier way to make a quick buck or whatever. And maybe it's more of a, you know, living on the edge kind of thing for them. But I uh, I don't know. It just it's it really sucks for the people for everyone involved, honestly. And um I don't know. I hope that nobody is seriously fucked by this. Although it's entirely possible that they will be. Yeah which is unfortunate.
0: It just sucks that like, you know, I, you know, I I think that when it comes to criminals and I, and I through what I do at work, I, I dive into this territory a little bit here and there, but there's different mindsets, right? There's the mindset of like, this is a challenge. I want to, I want to beat this system to see if I can do it. Right. There's always that, that appeal. And then there's always, there's always the thing that it's like, is it a desperation move that you don't feel you have any other options so you need to do this thing? And then and then it just turns into like if you would have just taken the amount of time it took to successfully commit this crime and used it for good or to apply yourself, you could be lifting up so many... I don't know, yourself and so many more people around you. You know, you could be educating people. You could be setting a positive example. And then there's always just the aspect that people want bragging rights. You know what I mean? Like criminals, you know, these guys had no problem saying it was them. That's part of their ruse. That's what they do. They take credit for it and they try to get money for it. It's like it gives them cred, you know? So it's just kind of sad. I mean, I get it all. I understand all aspects of it, man. I just, there's always going to be crime. There's always going to be people with, you know, bad intentions or whatever but man it's just it just generally speaking not even necessarily hacking but man it just sucks that like humanity like humans can't just all get on the fucking same page and cooperate with each other like the world would be so incredible if we all just could get a fucking along you know what i mean think about all of the success in all of the creations and all the things we could do to better the planet in our living situations for everybody, for the homeless, for the people who don't work, for people who are, you know, disabled, for everybody. If everybody just collectively worked, all of us, not just in a country, like everybody just fucking could do it. Like this utopian idea, man. It'd be fucking rad. It'll never fucking happen. It's just damn shame. But like if that could happen, I just can't imagine what that would look like or what we where we could go is is a species. It's just sad that there's always just some shit like this happening and all the bullshit that happens that you see on the news every night. Anyways, I digress. Let's get to the next news point. Um, dude, so we talked about the license agreement with uh, Warner Brothers that was possibly going to axe uh, people on the PlayStation Network from accessing their Discovery purchased shows. That license agreement has been renewed for two and a half years. Meaning you're not losing the content. And uh, what's interesting to me is I want to know how this came about. It surely wasn't Warner Brothers saying, hey, we need some money, Sony. We're going to ask you one last time. It probably was Sony realizing that the optics got so bad about this, about you got to buy physical And like, you know, don't trust all your online purchases. Don't, you know, digital games doesn't mean you own them. And this fucking wave of just fucking information got shot out as a result of this. And Sony were probably like, whoa, we definitely don't want people thinking that because we're making more money on digital than we are on physical games. So we can't send that message out to people. So they right. probably did everything possible to get this license signed again with Warner Brothers, is my guess. And Warner Brothers is like, oh, wait. Oh, you are right. Yeah, here. Give us the money. Here's what we need. And it's just probably fucking settled. That's me just speculating. But that makes the most sense to me, probably what happened. I don't I don't know. I couldn't find anything specifically where it talked about who initiated the <laughs> the signature, the license being re-upped. But, dude, that's that's wild. So that's good news at least for at least another 30-whatever months. You know, I don't know how many months it was. Yeah,
1: I mean, I would hope that I uh, hope that um, twenty-eight months, maybe. You know, every, every like all fifteen people that purchased shows on PS3 from Am- from uh, Discovery Channel on the PSN. Hopefully, they're happy for the next two and a half years. Put a notch in that'll your give mouth. them the time to be able to. Just remember, if you're one of these people. Download this content to your console or to an external hard drive attached to your console and just don't delete it. Then it won't be a problem after the two and a half years is up. You'll still probably have to watch it on your PlayStation, but Mm. at least you'll have access to it, I think. I mean, I guess I don't know the specifics of the license agreement, but I would think that as long as you have it downloaded, you could watch it. Yeah, I would hope so. Anyways,
0: yeah, there you go. There's a follow up on that. Um, two more news points. No, actually, maybe three. And then we'll get out of your hair for the day. And again, we really appreciate our listeners tuning in during the holidays. This has been kind of a labor of love, this podcast. And tonight, specifically, um, kind of unplanned. We kind of let it slide a little bit. Sorry to the pay, pay, people who support us on Patreon. But the uh, the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth game that's coming out here in 2024 is going to actually contain new locations that weren't in the original game. And uh, in a recent Game Informer piece, they indicate that to get everything completed and to do everything in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth could take up to 100 hours. However, don't be scared, the main storyline is going to be 40 hours, roughly. So I saw that 100 hour thing on a news post and I was like fuck I don't want anything to do with this and then I saw later there were like 40 hours for the main story and I'm like that's still long as shit but I suppose for Final Fantasy
1: 7 I can do it. I'm sure that's kind of inflated but I think even I think when I did uh when I did the Final Fantasy remake playthrough this year with the innergrade stuff I'm pretty sure blasting through it it still took me 40 hours to do that so it's probably about the same length as the first game good would be my guess
0: yeah you're probably right i'm excited for this game Uh, i still need to play 16 dude it's good you should try it sometime if you can i would love to that backlog just gets bigger and bigger so yeah two more news points real quick And this didn't seem, like, newsworthy, so I was going to leave it out. And then I thought about it, and I was like, this is something. So, according to Pushcore, Sony patented a technology that appears to be somewhat like a way to make the difficulty of games adjust in real time to the player's ability. So, a dynamic difficulty, I'll have you. So, you don't set the difficulty up front. You don't say easy, normal, or hard, or extra hard. It's just like the game almost tailors to your difficulty tailors to your ability. Some people may love this. But I have opinions on this and it's like if the game always tailors to my ability, gets harder when I get good and when I when I don't do good it gets easier. And it does so in such a seamless way. It's going to create the illusion that I'm good at fucking video games. And I I don't I like a challenge. I'd like to be able to set this up. If this is just in addition to easy, medium, and hard on a game difficulty meter, like, oh, you don't want any of that? We can do dynamic? Okay. But, like, if their games just start getting rolled out with no options, and they're just like, dynamic, 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 dynamic. AI is going to figure out your gameplay style, and you're just going to fucking get a tailored difficulty. How's that going to work with games? Like, they're, not, they're obviously not going to integrate it, but, like, you know, you think about these from software games, like you can't fucking have that in those games. You can't have that in Mega Man, you can't have that in Castlevania, you can't have that
1: in Cyber Ninja you, or Cyber Shadow. I have Shadow, to whatever. imagine. I have to imagine it's going to be uh maybe optional for third-party developers and maybe even uh like can, like configurable, like you could turn it on or off. You know what I mean? Like, I have yeah. to be, I have to believe that they would give you the option, at least in like their major releases, to be like, hey, you know, like I want to have a breezy playthrough, or hey, I want to have a really hard playthrough. You know, like, I, I, it, to me, I get the, the, maybe the idea behind having something like this, but, for me, the whole point of having a selectable difficulty is so that you can choose the way that you experience the game. Right. It's not just so you can beat it. Get through it. Like, yeah, I get it that some people, easy mode might be very hard for them because they're not good at games, and some people hard mode might still be easy for them because they're really good at games. But maybe, you know, like, for for example, like me personally, it's like, I've played Uncharted 2 half a dozen times already. Maybe I just want to experience the story. So I'd like to be able to put it on very easy and just rip through the combat in that game so that I can just experience the the, the story again. Yeah. Like I don't want to have to be locked into this dynamic difficulty that's going to get hard as I start killing bad guys. You know, like that to me, it just – it's not for me, but – I think that it's something that it's probably not going to impact us in that negative of a way, I don't think. It's going to have to probably be configurable, I would think.
0: Right. I hope you're right. And I'm all for innovation, you know, but like – you put it well, man. I I just – I want to still be able to select a difficulty, you know. I can't imagine a future where it doesn't – where we don't have that option, but – At the same time, I kind of can, you know? Like, it could be just game development. Listen, you guys don't have to make things harder or more difficult. Like, we've got this AI thing that runs in the background that just tailors the game to the player. So you don't have to fucking worry about how many enemies... Think about how much... And I've never thought about this till just now, actually. How much work goes into creating difficulty versions of the game. Like, they, they probably have to... All those different sandboxes where enemies come out uncharted like if someone had to script all that shit and like okay well the nightmare mode is going to have this or the easy modes are going to have this or the enemies you know very seldom is it the same number of enemies that are just easy to kill sometimes they throw more bad guys at you sometimes they make guys take more hits and throw more bad guys sometimes they send less bad guys but you know i don't know man like they probably put a lot of time into tweaking these difficulty modes and if a studio is given the opportunity just to fucking throw in dynamic mode and not even fucking tweak anything, like here, just throw this in, this is going to handle it for you, that would look really fucking appealing to some studios, mm-hmm. you know. So it it makes me a little nervous, but I don't know. Who knows? We don't know till we know. But it's fucking. But I have
1: to imagine that the the studio would still have to define what difficulty is for their game. <laughs> I don't know. You know I mean, what I mean? We're like, way over my they're head, still so. going to have to tell Sony's. Like if Sony puts this in their SDK and it's it, it gives them the ability to be able to do this dynamically, I would think that they would still have to define like, OK, adjusting the difficulty means adding more enemies. And at the very easiest end of the sliding scale, it's five enemies and at the very highest end of the sliding scale, it's 30 enemies. Mm. And it's like, okay, and then, and, then, and then Sony's tool set will take over at that point and automatically kind of move you around that sliding scale mm-hmm. based on the parameters that the developer gives them. But I don't know. I, I, we're just going to have to see how this unfolds, if they even ever use it. I mean, just because they develop something doesn't mean that they're ever going to use it.
0: Or they have an idea, right? Yeah, very true. Yeah. All right, man. We're well, moving on to the last news point, and uh, we don't have anything – after this but this is, you know I, I suspect we're going to get more information as as the news as time passes about the multiplayer Last of Us game and on Push Square I'm just going to read this very quick article because it's, it's super important this is word for word from PushSquare.com and man, it makes me want this it says, Naughty Dog has canceled its ambitious PS5-bound online multiplayer adaptation of The Last of Us, implying it had to choose between dedicating itself to the live service title or continuing to make single-player games. Ultimately, it opted for the latter it claims now it has, uh, it, and claims it now has multiple new products in the works. It says, despite the cancellation, it seems the studio is still pretty proud of what it achieved with the multiplayer game. For example, technical designer Nathaniel Ferguson described it as the quote-unquote highlight of his career thus far. And they put in quotes, The Last of Us Online will always be a very special project to me, for me, he wrote on Twitter. And then he puts in quotes, So it goes, a sad day, but very bright horizons ahead for sure, end quote. Game designer Carl Morley, meanwhile, said he had, quote, more fun playing this game than any other multiplayer title before and since, end quote. And dialogue director Kat McNally added, quote, it's never easy to have a game canceled, but I'm so proud of my studio and everything we accomplished in this project. Big shout, shout out to my combat QA and dialogue teams, end quote. And then they go on to say in the article, Such positivity around this project begs the question, which is, tr- uh, why did it get canceled in the first place? Well, from the outside looking, it seems like Naughty Dog simply was overextended itself. The game sounded far too ambitious for its own good. It's probably going to take all the studio's resources to support. In that sense, as disappointing as it is, we can understand why it decided to pull the plug. Dude, I... <sighs> We're going to hear more and more about this shit, I think, as time passes. You know, we we can look back, and we're going to sh- see what Naughty Dog is willing to let us see about this. But is this a game designer tooting his own horn, trying to get another job? Is is this them just beefing up their studio to make them feel good, even though they feel like they've been shit on because they had to pull a plug? Dude, I truly believe this is probably... This game was probably fucking awesome. I I can't imagine... A Naughty Dog game sucking like nowadays. I just can't. It probably was fucking fun and rad. And it's just such a damn shame that uh, we're not going to see it, man. The more I think about it, it's just such a shame and such a waste of talent and time for the studio. Maybe not a complete waste because they're going to take what they've learned and I wouldn't be surprised if we see some iteration of this in Last of Us Part 3. We know they're going to make Last of Us I would not be surprised if we get a stripped down online mode that does something that borrows some of these ideas that they probably had rolling for this. Um, there's no, I said this last time, so there's no way they're going to just table this and not use some assets and not use some of this shit for last of us part three. There's no way um, they would not. They would not pay that kind of money. Just drop the thing. They're going to use what they have. It's just not going to be in the, in mm-hmm. the iteration that we know it or thought it was going to come to us as. You know, we're going to see bits and pieces of this art and this animation and probably the shit that they, the gameplay or the styles or the UI or the menus, whatever they had is getting passed forward onto whatever new IPs they're working on or new projects, rather, guaranteed. But outside of that, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't really know why. I mean, I guess I can understand why they wouldn't release it, but it would be cool if they just fucking released it. You know what I mean? Like, just say, "Hey, we're releasing it." How could you? Even we're not it? supporting it after release. Yeah. Maybe they're like, "It's," but it never I can went totally gold, understand. Right. Well, sure, but I, my guess is that they they really don't want to release it because they don't want to they don't want to risk the reputation of their crown jewel studio. So I I kind of get that. But uh, I don't know, man. It would be dope to just see what this game is, you know? Even if, I don't know. I don't know how you can even really... Yeah. How you how you can really even see it without damaging the reputation of the studio in some capacity. But uh, I would think that it would just be so cool to just, See what this game is, because mm-hmm. they could release it and be like, "Hey, this is just this is like a I don't know some kind of special event or something like this is a once in a you know once in a lifetime thing for for this week only experience like an unreleased game from a Naughty Dog that is that is not you know, ever going into production or whatever. And they might release it, and it might get fucking millions and millions of players. And then they're like, oh, huh, maybe we should have just fucking release this game. But at the same time, it's like, I think there was there's there's a kernel of Naughty Dog just being like, yo, we're not making multiplayer games for the rest of our lives. And that was one of the things that they said they were going to be pigeonholed into. And... I would much rather never see this game than only get multiplayer stuff from Naughty Dog from now on. Yeah, I agree. I agree If the, that. If the choice is to get great single-player games from them or get this game and a bunch of great multiplayer stuff, I'm always going to choose the single-player narrative stuff from them. I just think it's way better for them as a whole. It's way better for PlayStation as a brand. And it's way better for me as a gamer. So yeah. I'm just saying.
0: I agree, man. And I, I think that, like, again... I, while i well i think that there is truth to what you're saying about why they're not showing it just saving their good name i i really truly believe that they know that if they show any of this now and then it shows up in a future game people are going to be like we don't want this old shit that you canceled in last of us part 3 like you canceled this shit like why are you, why are we getting this in the new game so like they, they they can't risk showing something that they're possibly going to use in new projects. So I you know even if it's something as simple as animations or art or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They, they just can't risk it. So not only are they saving their good name, but they're also protecting future projects. And I, right. and I and I think the problem is is that if they were third party and this shit blows over in 10 years from now, uh I I could see them as an honor, or maybe in five years from now, as an honor to everyone who worked on this game. A documentary or something on this shit. You know what I mean? Like here's what happened. Like just even a YouTube thing from from the studio. Like this is what we're working on. Here's some screenshots. Here's some video of us playtesting it. Here's here's what we had. Now let's take a deeper dive into why we had to cancel this. You know what I mean? And make it a fucking series or something. Which would be really informative and open and transparent. I think it would it would lend a lot of good faith to the studio. But because they are Sony owned, I don't think we're ever gonna fucking see much more on this, except for shit mm. that leaks or investigative reporting or you know, maybe disgruntled employees that share information after they leave the studio. Like I think it's gonna be buried. And if anything, once their new projects come out, I could see Maybe Naughty Dog coming out and being like, you know, we used a lot of the fucking textures, or a lot of the art, or some of the art, or the shit that we were working on for Factions, and we were able to use that art to help drive this this stage, or this level, or this part of the game, and like this online portion yeah. of whatever. You know, we learn. and it, it could just be verbatim cut for cut Factions, but not be sold as a live service thing. It could just be baked into the next game.
1: Yeah, and that's probably what they'll do, I'm guessing. Um, So we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, this is uh, an interesting story, Mm. I suppose. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm. All right, Jake, well, that's it, man. That's all we got for the podcast.
0: I want to thank everybody for tuning in for a good year of P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. You guys know we're underdogs. We don't have a huge listener base. I probably shouldn't even say that because if you're listening now, you're like, fuck, man, I'm listening to these losers. They don't have much of an audience. I'm gonna hop ship and go find someone who does. Uh, we are building our community, and uh, we've always been transparent with our listeners that we're we're small dudes and we we don't break news. We just talk about news. Jake and I try to create uh, as we've been told uh, a cafeteria setting. Where we just sit down at our table. Let's talk video games. Let's, let's share our opinions on this shit, and let's get the uh, let's get the feedback and the comments coming in again. Um, it was really nice hearing from everybody. We hope you all had a really nice Christmas or holiday. And uh we hope that you're all able to wrap up twenty twenty three in a in a warming, loving way with your family and your friends and, and uh we do appreciate you tuning into us every week. And apologies that the show's a little late, but we had to make it happen. And uh I hope that you guys join us next year. You know, we'll be back next year with more episodes. And uh we're gonna keep this this ship uh, you know, going through um to the unforeseeable future, you know, we're going to keep rolling. So Jake, before we get out of here, would you like to say anything to the listeners or, uh, are you ready to go put that
1: VR headset on? Let's see. Do I have anything that I wish to discuss? I don't know that I do. I think that everybody should, uh, I hope everybody had a good holiday. Like you said, um, hopefully People are able to take a break and get some gaming in or whatever. I'm looking forward to going through the rest of my vacation with some, hopefully, some heavy video game time. I'm trying to limit the amount of stuff that, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to limit the amount of responsibility type stuff that I'm doing just because I need a break. Um, I actually have, I'm so excited, I have a. Massage scheduled for tomorrow, Wow, so I'm gonna get a fucking massage. I need one so my shoulder is so fucking jacked up, but um i haven't I haven't been able to sleep well for like a week, mm-hmm. so that's probably also part of the reason why I'm struggling right now, but i uh, I will say that I spent most of the day today. On the couch Just kind of finishing up Alan Wake And playing a little bit of uh, Playing a little bit of Halo And I'm excited to check out What was that other game I mentioned? Teardown And uh, my mom Just as like a a quick aside Like my mom every year for Christmas She always like tries to buy us Something Kind of fun Mm. For all of us for when I say all of us I mean me and my wife and my brother and his wife she usually tries to buy all of us something kind of fun for the holidays and uh, this year she bought all of us um, Lego sets oh nice like pretty nice pretty nice Lego sets so I the Lego set that she bought for me was is like a like a mod like a like a, a diorama of the um, of the Yoda's hut on Dagobah from Star Wars, and it's like a. It's actually like one of those. You know, there's like a adult Legos and there's kids Legos. Yeah, right. So it's like one of the more adult-centric ones mm-hmm. where it's like actually has a base with like a like a uh, you know an ident like a, a title on it and mm. and all that stuff. It's meant to be displayed when you finish it. So I'm pretty excited about that. I haven't I haven't really done leg. I used to do Legos all the time when I was a kid, and uh i haven't had a chance to do that in a while so i'm excited to put that together it's like a thousand pieces or something so i'm i'm pretty pretty stoked to kind of maybe maybe do that this week um other than that i'm just gonna try and stay in the christmas spirit until the new years we're 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 not doing christmas with my in-laws until next weekend so i'm gonna have some uh some, I'm going to try to extend that feeling a little bit this week. Maybe keep the lights on the tree on. and um, It's kind of tough with cats. They just fucking climb up the tree and fuck everything up. But um, yeah, I guess that's all I have to, sk- very good, to say. Very good, man. Yeah,
0: Legos are cool, man. Uh, it's a very uh, probably cathartic thing to sit and do. And it's probably equivalent to like me painting these miniatures and stuff, dude. But yeah, very good, man. Enjoy just your- so expensive. Legos are so expensive, yeah. Yeah, dude. yeah. Any any kind of hobby like that it can be a money pit. But if you get something out of it, man, you know, you might find yourself buying another Lego set after this. Who knows? It's possible. It's possible.
1: It it could be I mean, dude, there's there's a lot of Lego sets. Like they have uh they have Lego sets that are like models of real motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And um they have they have a few of them. Like the the one that every that you can find almost anywhere is the the one for the Ducati Panigale V4. But they, I think they do make them for a bunch of different ones. And my brother was telling me that he found one that was like the same model of motorcycle that of uh, track bike that I have. But he said it's like it's like three hundred dollars to just for like a fucking Lego model of a motorcycle. And it's like, yeah, it's big. It's like a foot long. It's not like a small little thing. But still, that's so much money. Yeah, dude. Uh, This guy that I know um,
0: has tons of Lego sets that he's put together. Like the Death Star and like, dude, just huge. And like they are money. Like they're money in both ways. Like, you know, um, figuratively and and literally uh, cost a ton of money for that shit, dude. And it's so creative how they put them together. But shit, we don't need to keep talking about it. It's awesome. So, <laughs> All right. Everybody have a good night tonight. Thanks for tuning in. P.S. is Awesome. Episode 308. We'll be back next week. And uh, let us know what you enjoyed um, as a PlayStation gamer in 2023 and in games in general. Right into the show, as always. And uh, stay safe out there. We will talk to you soon. So like Qbert, Quantamera, Quantum Era, and Quell Memento, P.S., P. this is awesome. This is
1: awesome.